Hey everyone. First off, I've been getting so many great messages on LinkedIn from you all who are listening to the podcast. Some of you have follow-up questions or just want to chat about your careers. And please just know that my door is always open. This podcast is to help bring awareness to the space and help us all connect over this type of content. So please do reach out if you want to chat. This podcast is in partnership with Sharebird. Sharebird is a peer mentoring platform for product marketers. There are so many great resources on there. There's a job board, there's AMAs. So definitely go check it out. And if you ever have feedback on the podcast, things you want to hear, things you don't want to hear, please email us at podcasts at sharebird.com. This week, I sit down with Brianne Shally, head of product marketing at Nextdoor, who gives us a behind the scenes look at how she launched Nextdoor's social good campaign that came out of listening to customers over the course of the pandemic. Nextdoor's sell for good product launch allowed communities and neighbors to sell items and donate proceeds to their favorite charities. This episode, we'll be diving into the benefits of launching social good campaigns at your company, both from a brand and growth perspective. So enough from me, let's dive in and get a behind the scenes look. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Scenes Consumer Product Marketing brought to you by Sharebird. I'm your host, Meredith Davis, and today we're going to get a behind the scenes look at the hyper locals networking site next door and their sell for good product launch that really grew from the desire for communities to support their local nonprofits during this last year. Nextdoor is a social platform that has raised over $455 million in funding to connect neighbors with each other and to everything else nearby from local businesses and services, news updates, recommendations, and stuff for sale from people down the block. Before COVID-19, Nextdoor was widely used across the United States, but given the pandemic, what we really saw more than ever has been that building connections in the real world is really a universal human need. And what Nextdoor saw was that people started turning to their site more often as they spent more time at home. The app became an important source of local information and discussion about the pandemic. And it was through this that Nextdoor's Sell for Good campaign was born. In previous episodes, we discussed product launches with the goal of engagement, retention, revenue. But today, we're actually going to talk about something a little bit different. We're going to talk about launches that focus on social good and brand activism. Social good campaigns are a great way for products and brands to focus on a cause with the wider goal of building awareness. While the campaign may not necessarily be tied to practical business goals, companies can still benefit greatly from the momentum of associating with a cause and help to build trust and awareness with consumers. To give us a behind the scenes look at launching social good campaigns such as Sell for Good, I'm here with Nextdoor's head of product marketing, Brianne Shally. Brianne leads the product marketing team at Nextdoor across consumer, business, and public agencies and is going to bring a really unique perspective to the show. So, Brianne, it is so great to have you here. Yes, thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. So I was actually listening to a webinar yesterday on pop culture trends for 2021. And the theme was actually about the shift from consumers wanting to consume broad produced content to participating in more 
activity-based communities. And it was actually shared. It was really interesting that 43% of the U.S. under 30s feel that larger social networks like Facebook and Instagram have too many people on them and that people are actually turning back to smaller communities to have more predictability and deeper connections. I'm sure you've seen this in your experience at Nextdoor. Yes, we've definitely seen, and it's due to the phenomenal growth, we've seen a 50% increase in members during the COVID period. And it's people seeking during this time, we recognize our neighborhood and our neighbors are just more important for than ever. And people really leaning in and connecting. And it's like, you recognize how important your coffee shop is down the street and just really wanting to support them. And that your neighbors, while you might not love them, maybe my neighbor upstairs vacuums at midnight every night, but I know if I go out of town and need someone to water my plant, or check my mail, like they are there without a heartbeat. And that is just meaning so much more. And not even just mail, we've seen one of the products that we've launched is HelpMap, where it's the ability for folks to raise their hand if they need help or lean in if they're willing to offer help. So it's people running errands for people that are high risk and just really just communities, neighbors, neighborhoods leaning in more than ever. Is there a story that you love to share about empowered communities or like a special neighbor moment that really kind of stands out to you? Yeah, definitely one that just warms my heart in so many ways. We had a neighbor who about a year ago just didn't feel comfortable walking to work with everything going on in the neighborhood. There was just a lot of crime and uncertainty with a lot of the Black Lives Matter movement. So we posted on next door and he said, I don't feel comfortable walking to work. Can anyone walk with me? I'd feel a lot better. Wow. Lo and behold, there is this amazing picture. There are hundreds standing behind him. Oh my gosh. To work and just really supporting him and making sure that the community stood behind him. And so just incredible there to just see the love and the support and just being there for people when they need it most. I love that. What a great story. Mm. Yeah. Great way and to so start the episode. Yeah, it just warms our heart. And it's, they, I think they even have t-shirts now that are, you know, I'll stand for Sean, right? And just that importance there. Awesome. Before we dive into the Sell for Good campaign, I want to ask you quickly about your experience in getting into product marketing, because your experience actually spans both B2B and B2C. And you've shared in interviews previously that your B2B experience has actually helped you really think through consumer strategies like app store activations. And many folks, I think, feel like you should pick a lane. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Yes, exactly what I was going to say. I think there's two types of folks in the world, those who are in the pick a lane, like there's one way to do things. And those that it's like, hire smart people and figure it out. The world's changing and it's super dynamic. And so my background was I did content strategy and demand gen and growth for on the B2B side. And I wanted to get into product marketing. A unique opportunity opened up at LinkedIn and they were like, uh, can you make the switch? And I, they were like, okay, let's do it. And in thinking through one of the first things is launched a new app. And so they're like, how do you drive growth for this app? True B2B demand funnel and growth. Right. I was like, I got this. I can yeah, do right. this. And so, and, and throughout my career, I've gone back and forth and just been able to leverage those learnings. And on the B2B side, at the end of the day, it's people. Right. And on the consumer side, at the end of the day, it's people. And the insights are, you know, the magic behind it and bringing things to market and sharing why. I mean, the one nuance is the sales enablement piece right, on the B2B, but I truly believe there's magic in doing both, but for people to follow where their passion and interests are. 
Yes. My passion and interest is definitely on the consumer side. So I'm <laughs> excited to have you here and talk about Nextdoor because it is all about community. And so, you know, walk me back. Let's take me back to almost a year ago, which is wild to say. The pandemic hit. Nextdoor was seeing a dramatic increase in daily actives. I think I saw online about 60% in just four months post the pandemic. And that was really right when you joined. What was going on for you in this moment? Yes. I mean, it's interesting. We've had a ton of growth both on our platform and internally within the company. So to join remotely, join a company that's growing and also at the center of adding so much value during this time, just truly a moment of like, recognizing this as a moment and where can Nextdoor provide unique value? And so a phrase that we've mentioned so many times within the past year is how do we meet the moment? How do we get ahead and know what's happening and be able to offer unique value? And so even literally as you know, was recently announced that we expect everyone to have vaccinations here in the US by a certain date, it's like, how do we help people get there? And how do we help people get back on their feet in businesses when things start to open up? And that's just truly, but don't get me wrong, a lot of late nights, lots of figuring <laughs> out, lots of ambiguity, right? And I think this is also what product marketing was made for is like, there's so many unknowns. And so how do we get those deep insights, provide some clarity, provide some direction and some strategy around this in terms of what we want to do? So it was also just really demonstrated the value of product marketing during this time as well. And the world was constantly changing and, and information was coming out. It almost felt like different every week. And what's so interesting about social platforms like Nextdoor is that you're actually seeing this change in real time through hyper-local communities. You know, when you were looking at what people were saying and how people were behaving on the platform, what insights did the team start to gather that informed this product launch? Yeah. So specifically around the sell for good product launch, which is the ability for folks to sell products. We have a for sale and free. And so we have already 2 billion a month of value of products on it. And so just tons of engagement. There's also free. So it's like, if you just want to give something away or get something free, there's all of that as well. But we recognize 50% of nonprofits were facing a decrease in funding when the demand for their services is more than ever. I'm on the board of a nonprofit and we went from hundreds of people to our food pantry every week to over 2000. So just seeing that dramatic wow. increase specifically here in an area in San Francisco. The second thing is we know people were at home and they were cleaning out their closets and getting rid of stuff that they didn't need anymore. And with all this, people wanted to give back but not everyone had that extra money in their pocket with everything going on. And so based on those insights, it's like, here's a unique way to give back to those who need it most. And especially those who didn't have that extra money in their pockets, but they had extra stuff in their closets. Right. And it, you also shared with me that the conversations around donating increase, I think, 7x within this time period. And you've also shared that being a strong product marketer is really about thinking about research in terms of a trifecta of qual, quant, and behavioral. How and where did you start to gather all these insights? Yeah, great question. And so, yeah, truly feel it's important in terms of insights to not just pick one, because we know 
to no default of our own, we're humans, but what people say and do is two different things. So being able to get that qual, but validate it with the quant and the behavioral, especially when you know the activity that's happening on the site. It's like, oh, we think people are talking about this, but to prove out that 7X increase in members mentioning donations and donating. And so just really dove in deep, you know, spoke with nonprofits, spoke with members, just seeing the pulse out there. And also, as I mentioned, seeing the behavior on the platform really led to these strong insights and that we knew from a macro perspective, this was what was going on in the world. Right. And so one of the things we were able to do is this was actually expected. We were kind of brainstorming this. It was a thought like, oh, maybe we can do something this later in the year. But we really recognized in the spirit of meeting the moment that this would be a need regardless, but more than ever. And so we actually accelerated the launch like many quarters to like an idea and a concept to like, okay, let's get this done. The world needs this right now. And that was just truly magical in terms of bringing cross-functional folks together to, with this vision of this is what the world needs. Like, let's make this happen. And so as you were bringing internal teams together and showing them these insights, it didn't necessarily align with I'm sure business goals, how did you convince people in the team to really rally around getting resources for this type of project? Yeah. One is definitely doing good, right? And that this is what the world needs right now. And some refer to it as the third bottom line, but being able to quantify that and the value that it has. The second thing is that we thought based on this, that would actually also drive user growth and that we, you know, based in talking to nonprofits, they were like, oh, this would be great. Donors are looking for a new way to activate. We talked to a lot of nonprofits that were looking to get younger folks involved. And so they thought this is a way. And so we thought with all of that, we could just even drive growth as well with this. Yeah. And actually, I want to talk about driving growth for a second, because I I think what's really interesting is this concept of social good campaigns. And I I mentioned this previously as well, but I think what we're seeing as consumers, especially within this past year, is that social good campaigns can either fall into two scenarios. One are those that are focused on the cause with a wider brand awareness or two, those that use a cause to promote their own message. And sometimes what we can see is that can kind of backfire. And for me personally, as a consumer and marketer, I felt that many businesses have tried during the pandemic to insert themselves into the conversation in areas that maybe weren't necessarily aligned. And people can feel that. Customers and consumers, we can feel when that misalignment However, I think the sell for good campaign really did a good job at having a focus for a cause being the forefront, but able to really build that growth and brand awareness because of that. Are those some of the questions that you were thinking through as you were creating the overall messaging and strategy for this? Yes, definitely. Understanding at the end of the day, what's most important to people and what is the job to be done. That's a framework we use here. And with that recognizing they have the choice here to pick the organization that's most important to them. And one of the insights, everyone loves pets, everyone loves animals. So we saw just tons of support through the organizations that were identified for animals. Another one was just local organizations, people leaning in more than ever, recognizing that their community needed help, as well as more sustainable environmental organizations. Those were some of the top ones that we saw people get attracted to and knowing their passion. And with that 
allowing them to have the choice. Where do you feel passion? What are you excited about? And this is your ability to have impact with this organization in a lightweight, easy way while getting rid of stuff you don't want or need anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually, I know there's actually been research that shows 70% of millennials will pay more for products that make an impact on issues that they care about, which is why brands and companies are creating these social good campaigns, really hoping to convince these consumers to trust them and to build trust through an authentic way. I think it's really important for this type of launch what were some ways that you were thinking about the concept of trust and credibility through this? Yeah. So a couple of different ways. One, all of our members are real people on the platform with real addresses. So I think that was important in terms of this isn't a bot. This isn't someone you don't know, especially as we think about for sale and free, it's your neighborhood. So it's not someone like, Ooh, where I don't even know the name of that town. Right. Like these are people you actually might recognize on the street in terms of trust. Another is that we partnered with PayPal in terms of being able to sync from a money transaction perspective, which is a verified people trust, they use it on an ongoing basis. It's another one that we used. And then all of the nonprofits that people can donate are actual nonprofits. They are ones that have all been verified. So it's not that, oh, I might find a nonprofit, but not sure where the money's going. Is this legit? And so through all those different things, just really reinforcing the trust in every step of the process was extremely important to us. And this next door is not making any, we're not taking a cut. Right. It's not this percentage or any of this. So it's not like, oh, look at the fine print or anything. This was really our opportunity to give back. Right. It's really that choice between investing in something that's good for the world, not necessarily what's best for the company. Although the company really builds this trust and credibility through prioritizing social good, which I think is incredible. And one thing that you brought up is partnerships, which I want to dive into yeah. because, you know, the sell for good campaign launched July, 2020, and a big part of the go to market strategy was these partnerships with national and local nonprofits. How did you decide that this was going to be a big aspect of the launch and what had to happen to secure these partnerships and what was product marketing's role in that? Yeah. So one of the first things that I always think about with a go-to-market is what is the objective? What are we really trying to do here versus going straight to, okay, email, blog post, right. this, like the recipe. It's like, what are we trying to do? And ultimately it was to drive awareness and engagement. And so what is the way that we can really amplify that at scale and get to people that haven't heard we're one in four households in the U.S., but what about those three to four? How do we reach them and let them know about this amazing way to give back? And so through these partnerships with specifically nonprofits, we identified that's a great way for us to drive awareness and a win-win, knowing that these nonprofits are facing, 50% of them are facing a decline in funding. So how can we help them and as I mentioned, they're looking for more creative ways to raise money because they know not everyone can write a check. Right. And so this was also an incredible way for them to tap into new resources to get funding as well. And you had mentioned that this was planned to be launched kind of like a longer term and then all of a sudden running 120 miles an hour to get this. How did that work while you were dealing with all these different partnerships? 
Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> you make it happen, right? You make it happen. In, in the spirit of time, it doesn't seem like it, but looking back, right. you're like, oh, it all works out. You know, focus. And one of the things we wanted to identify is this was also a good way from a product marketing perspective to iterate and optimize and see what works as well and get some learnings there. And so identified a variety of nonprofits that represented local causes, unique causes. Here in the Bay Area, it was like Berkeley Humane Society was one of the nonprofits that we partnered with. And it was a great way there to also get real-time feedback, like what's working, what's not, so we can just optimize from there as well. So was it challenging, sticky, all that good stuff? Yes, but yes. <laughs> um, we worked out. And one of the things we did for these nonprofits that we partnered with is we provided ads on the platform to also promote this for them and help drive funds for them and provide assets for them to amplify it. And that was a big learning for us, even though I'm on a nonprofit board and volunteered all of my life, just a reminder how resource constrained nonprofits are and how lucky we are for those of us that are working in tech, where they're being able to provide them assets. They were like so thankful because it was like, they didn't have the time or the effort or any right. of that to be able to do that. So really making sure that they were set up for success. And one of the big learnings is for us to do even more to help them out here was one of the big takeaways. And so what was working or wasn't working when you initially launched with all these partnerships? Yeah. So what was working is all the assets that we developed up front. And then what wasn't working is we needed more. more. So it was like, okay, the first <laughs> month was great. And then we just needed more after that was one of the key pieces there. Another learning that we had is what in looking at the analysis, I was able to see nonprofits that we weren't partnering with that were getting a lot of money. And so it was mm. so great that I would reach out to a nonprofit and I was like, do you know you've raised thousands on sell for good? And they were like, wait, wait, what? And I refer to it as this is like the money you raise while you're sleeping, which is just magic in a certain way. And so being able to reach out to them, A, let them know what's happening. And then thinking about if they amplify this and if they tell their donor base how much more reach and impact that it can get is pretty incredible there from that lens as well. And it was challenging, I, I would say, as we are a hyper-local platform, but looking at we could partner with national partnerships that might give us more scale, but how much does that align with really what we're wanting to do and kind of some of the discussions and navigating that piece as well was interesting internally. Yeah. For those who haven't checked out the Sell for Good, there are so many different like categories that you can donate to. I mean, there's animals and education and health and environment. Like how did you guys choose from a whole list of, of amazing nonprofits? Yeah. And that's where our partnership with PayPal Giving Fund really helped out in that they had done, they have identified all these nonprofits and vetted them through the process. So it made it more seamless from that perspective. And I will say one of my favorite sell for good stories and looking through my own next door feed is I saw a parent post and she said her son was cleaning out his closet for toys he didn't need anymore. And so her son got to identify what cause was he most passionate about, and it was oceans. And so there was an organization supporting oceans that he was giving back to. And so there was a picture of all his toys lined up and oh like post-it notes with the price on each one. Oh my and so God. what I love about that is it's like giving back. And the son is like recognizing these toys are going to go to someone else that loves them. And he's recognizing, okay, I'm giving back to an organization as well. So that's some of the, you know, just that circle of love. And I will call out one of the big learnings we had was in launching, 
you know, we thought we were at MVP. And one of the things that was challenging, especially in this environment, as I mentioned, not everyone could go into their pockets to give. Right. And so while they wanted to donate money, sometimes they couldn't donate all of it. It's like, okay, I need some of the money myself to live and breathe and eat. And so one of our fast follows was doing partial donations. And after we launched partial donations, where it's like 50% could go to the organization, we saw just such a huge increase. And what was a win there is we were solving for the member insight is that they wanted to give some, but maybe weren't willing to give all. And because we saw such an increase in momentum after that, the nonprofits got that much of an increase, even though it seems like it was partial, it was just right. a huge unlock for growth there. Right. And and actually something you've shared is that you did, one of your learnings is that you did go big on this launch, but it wasn't necessarily to the MVP. You know, where do you think you would have done something differently? Yeah, it's all hindsight's 2020. Right. <laughs> um, so let me know if someone's nailed that, right. like perfect. And we, we're there, we're there. And as you know, if you're there, you launched too late. I think right. I would say more in terms of beta and getting some of those putting stuff out there early and getting that feedback in terms of alpha and betas would have been um, one to accelerate those learnings. And I think you just can't do those enough. Every time I do those and the learnings just pay off tenfold. Yeah. So right now, are you guys still in, is Self for Good still in a considered beta or? No, I mean, we launched, there was like, (laughs) there was no beta, I think is the learning there. And, and I think there, I, I wouldn't say quote unquote, we'd do anything different because the world needed it, right? And so if you don't go out with perfect progress over perfection, rather to get something out to the world that it needs. So we launched fully in July. And so in continuing to scale and grow over 30% of the items posted on for sale and free are sell for good. That's a lot. Yeah. Incredible to see where people are willing to give back. And what is kind of like the next, if you can share the next exciting plans for sell for good? What are you Uh, most looking forward to with this product? Yeah, I just even think more of an impact on our community and people driving more awareness. One of the things we're potentially exploring for the fall is seeing this as a fundraising campaign for schools. So we know schools are hurting right Mm. now. And we actually, one of the things I didn't mention earlier is we partnered with the PTA to do a beta partnership that we're in terms of recognizing that a lot of schools, people don't have the technology that they need. They don't have a lot of kids used to go to school to get the only meals that they were able to eat and being at home, they're not able to get that. And so one of the things that we saw and partnered with PTA, both in the Chicagoland area and Austin is to use this as a fundraiser. And so how can organizations use Sell for Good as a fundraiser in terms of Let's get our community together, have a virtual garage sale, get things out there for people to buy, and then all go to a local cause. Because as we know, especially now, writing, pulling out that, you know, writing that check, sending that money, Venmoing is not always possible. And so this is just a great way for people to give back and around the world. So it's like, if I have grandparents who want to donate to a school, but they're not in the area, they can sell items and choose their grandkids' local school as the recipient as well. So it's just great to continuing that giving and have that impact for those who need it most. And in the continuation of this, where does product marketing sit? Is Are you the owner? Are you kind of like off now doing other product launches? How involved are you still in Sell for Good? Yeah. So we have a growing team. So sometimes it's like, you got to move on to the next bright and shiny (laughs) object in all honesty. But I would say one of the key learnings of this is it was such a momentum launch. 
and not to launch and leave it. And I think sometimes product marketing, you're like, so launch easy day. to do. Yay. Here's we're here. And then it's like the next thing comes. And so we did really ensure after launch, one of the key things is driving ongoing awareness and engagement, getting it to a place where it can grow on its own. And most importantly, I would actually say first is making sure you had those post-launch insights to really identify those fast follows that are most important for the product team. So those are the two areas that we prioritized after launch to help it create that flywheel of growth. And I think something that really helped you in the initial launch were kind of like the ways that you had this really strong channel mix strategy. I know that you did heavy email marketing and it was very targeted. It was reaching out to members based on interests and then kind of like this really dynamic social campaign. How did you think through what the strategy was here? Yeah. So one of the key, and this was one of, I would say more of the fast follows is we did some email campaigns, but we saw based on data and based on talking to folks where their passions were and their passions were for local organizations and their passions were for animals. And so knowing that animal piece, we were able to, through our onboarding process, people say if they love dogs or cats, we have cat groups, we have dog groups. I don't have them, but I'm still a part of those groups because I love all the pictures and can't get enough. And so what we were able to do is target those people and say, how do you give back? to your favorite furry animals. And this is an incredible way that we did that. We also saw parents, as I mentioned, during these challenging times, recognizing schools needed a lot of support. So we targeted parents. And so we saw increased engagement by having a more targeted, relevant approach, of course, makes sense in product marketing. So those were some of the key learnings that we did there. And then also on social, we asked people to tag like what for sale and free, like, what did you buy? What did you sell? What organization is you going, is it going towards just to truly amplify that messaging as well? And as we've seen on social, people want to share when they've done good in the world. Mm -hmm. And so give them that platform to do so. Yeah. You almost had this like amazing user generated content. Yes. And I did see that this campaign received a lot of PR from TechCrunch and Yahoo Finance and more, you know, was this a specific strategy within go-to-market or was this just kind of like the product of great work? I would say both. We have a phenomenal comms team that I am just so grateful to be able to partner with day in and day out, who did incredible work to just really tell the story and drive that amplification. I would say a second is the partners that we worked with. And then also when you build a great product and you do good things for the world, it is great when it gets that attention and that impact, especially breaking through the noise of what happened this past year and being able to send some sunshine out to the world when we needed it most was really incredible. And because this wasn't necessarily tied to specific business metrics, how were you tracking the success or still tracking the success of Sell for Good? Yeah. So these are always the learnings you have. So initially it was like dollars raised. And you recognize dollars raised could be a super vanity metric in the sense like, and we've seen like a couple items that are like thousands of dollars, but our goal wasn't necessarily a couple small things, but getting more people in their community able to give back. So a couple things that we looked at is the number of people, the number of organizations that were getting funds. And because we also thought this was in order to achieve our mission of, you know, everyone has a bringing a kinder world to life and everyone has a neighbor that they can rely on also driving growth. If more people are able to give back to these organizations, it just creates that much value. So also looking at, was this bringing new people onto the platform as well? 
I'm so excited for this continuation of Sell for Good. Excited for you hitting a year at the team and kind of your growth at the company and also the growth of this product and what comes next. With a couple of minutes left, I want to dive into some rapid fire questions. Yes. Okay. In the realm of product marketing, what are you most curious about right now? What I'm most curious about is where product marketing will go. And there's so much ambiguity around it. And like, what's the definition? It's defined differently at every company. And curious, is that ambiguity going to continue or are we going to get more clarity? And I know product marketers, as savvy as we are, we will navigate it regardless, but just interested to see where it goes. Cause I've just seen such phenomenal growth, interest, and impact in product marketing, even over the past couple of years. Yeah. And in talking about ambiguity, the one thing that I feel can be ambiguous is being the voice of the customer. It's like the tagline of product marketing. I feel like we need a rebrand at some point, but <laughs> what does this mean to you? And what does this mean to Nextdoor in practice? Yeah. So what it means to me as we make decisions that the voice of the customer that we're advocating for them, whether the customer, we call it the member or the neighbor, we're advocating for them throughout the process and that their voice, and they have a seat at the table. Like while they might not literally be there, we represent that seat at the table. And so I see that's really important. The other thing there is I see and super passionate about solving for the root cause and by advocating and having that voice of the customer, you're building the products that are solving for the problems they're facing, the jobs to be done. And so by building that right product, you're enabling product market fit. You're, it's informing the, the messaging and the positioning so we can tell why next door, why now, and ultimately we'll drive that engagement and adoption, but most importantly, drive that value. And that's where I see that advocate for the member, for the customer, be most important there. In terms of how it comes to play on a day-to-day -day basis, speaking up in meetings, being able to demonstrate those points, one of the things that I've done at multiple companies and kicking off here, we're presenting it next week, is something called State of the Neighborhood. And so we have so many different insights throughout the company, whether it's data science, our phenomenal research team, our product operations team, that it's like, data is just, we're flowing in it and qual, quant, behavioral. And so being able to bring that all together and we've identified, here's the five themes that we're seeing and reinforced by qual, quant, behavioral. And so we're doing this right before the planning process. And so as product and us get into planning, we know here are the biggest themes to address. And it really takes all these signals that are out there and maybe us like research, us talking over one another internally, but us all having one single voice to see here's what's most important and truly advocating for our members and customers at the end of the day. And I actually think that bringing insights to the table is sometimes harder or easy to forget internally than it is from like an external perspective. What are some ways you said like you know, having this kind of bringing this before your stakeholder meetings, like how do you wrap all of the insights up and present them out in a digestible way? Yeah. So literally doing this right now, but we're just summarizing. What are the headlines? Like, what are the key themes? And like goal of this is that everyone know, here's the five most important things that we can focus on and reinforce them through data and being able to share that out, drive a lot of traction and most important to make it actionable. And so having follow-up meetings to be, how are we addressing this? And as I mentioned before, the timing is important. So by making it actionable, like People are thinking about planning. These things are top of mind 
as they're thinking about it so we can address it and have impact. And then following up post-planning to understand what did we address and what didn't we address? Because I think that's also important to know what are we not doing here as well? Yep. And you mentioned root cause. How do you, and I think it's sometimes hard, how do you really get to that root cause? Yeah. It's been asking a lot of questions. I was about to say, doing what you're doing right now, asking a lot of questions. five whys. (laughs) Yes. I mean, truly, right? And that's where the qualquant behavioral truly comes in and really diving in there to get to that and not being satisfied with that surface answer. Yeah. Um, It's almost asking like, what did they say, but what did they mean? It's like, and, and there's a and difference what between did they the do, two. Right. And what did they do leveraging? I feel like we don't connect the dots enough. Yeah. Especially leveraging behavioral data because that also unlocks a lot too. Yeah, absolutely. And last question for me is, what are you most excited about for the future of Nextdoor? You're coming on to this new team almost a year in and building out almost from the ground up, really. What yeah. are you most looking forward to? Ultimately, what I'm most excited about with Nextdoor and product marketing is having impact and creating value for our members and for our customers at the end of the day. And product marketing truly is a competitive advantage for us to do so. And with that, being able to grow the team to have an even more impact and more value, we are doubling the size of the team this year. Oh my um, gosh. Which is an exciting, exciting adventure. And stressful, right? <laughs> In itself. Yes. So, okay. With that, your team is growing. If someone is interested, how can they get in touch with you or learn more about Nextdoor? Well, definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn as I worked at LinkedIn for five plus year phenomenal platform. So reach out to me there, share your interests. We have roles on the consumer side. We have roles on the ad side of the business, looking for people that are passionate about making a difference in the world. This is the place to be. Awesome. Brianne, this has been such an amazing time together. I loved the deep dive and getting a behind the scenes look at the Sell for Good campaign. Really appreciate you being on the show. So thanks again. And everyone tune in next week for another episode of Behind the Scenes Consumer Product Marketing. 